0: Jerome, tell me about, like, your favorite part of the fall. I don't really know if you even like this season.
1: Are you being serious? Are you? Yeah. Um, I love fall. That's why I was asking if you were being serious. You are joking. <laughs> you are so mean. No, I just want to hear you you're talk about. You're pulling my leg. I want to
0: hear you talk about something that you love, which is fall. Fall. You're pulling my leg. down. Autumn.
1: I love fall. I do. I do. But honestly, this sounds so stupid. I can't believe I'm even about to say this. Honestly, I love all the seasons. You know what I mean? Like, each time I get a new season. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> each no. time I get to a new
1: season, I'm like, I love this season. I do. Uh, I'm being serious.
0: <laughs> I want to absolutely discredit this entire moment, but it's really just you enjoying life.
1: Yes, I'm just. <laughs> you coming
0: to... up on new parts of life and being like, this, I, I too like this part of life like, and living. This is
1: not like, I love summer, but you know, you can't have summer all the time. So mm. when summer's over, I'm like, I love summer, but you know what? It is time for a change. And there's so much that's beautiful about fall. And at the end of fall, I'll be like, you know what? I love fall, but now it's going to be cold. And that's nice. Like, that's cool. But what about
0: from winter to spring?
1: Well, then at the end of the winter, I'm like, winter is cool, but, you know, it is pretty cold. Like, if it were warm outside, that would be nice. And oh, look at all the flowers and all the greenery (laughs) that has returned. That's really nice.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: And then at the end of the spring, I'm like... Spring! Spring was nice, but now I want it to be hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is how I feel. I'm enjoying it so deeply. <laughs> uh, you better be living in gratitude for the change. <laughs> the passing of the season. You of better
1: the days. be living in gratitude for the change.
0: Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyan. And a little-known fact, my papa was actually a Rolling Stone.
1: Well, my papa uh, can't get no satisfaction. How about
0: that? like <laughs> oh, you better work. <laughs> okay. We're talking about Rolling Stone's new 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. I know you all are waiting with bated breath for our analysis. And, well, here it is. Another time, another day, another destiny, this never-ending road to... What does he say? What are you talking about? You know that lyric? um,
1: Another Another day day is a winding
0: road. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) No, I'm giving you another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. It's Calvary. Calvary. And it's like... One day more. (laughs) It's... I've never been able to understand those words because no one ever says them, really. Just kind of sing around the sounds.
1: (laughs) I will be honest, I don't like that show. Some of the music is good. Some of the music is really good. I mean, on my own, are you kidding me? Uh, There's a lot of the music that I really love. But I think the show is like, it feels like... I don't know. It's just, It feels like I'd rather watch... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, like, on Glee or on, like... <laughs> I love Les Mis, but I'd rather watch Glee. <laughs> I literally... Literally, I would rather watch a season of Glee where they do Les Mis, or I'd rather watch, like, High School Musical, the musical, the series about Les Mis than just watch Les Mis. You know what I mean? It's like, the story itself is, like... I don't really care. (laughs) The songs are good, but I'd rather like see like, I'd rather see Anne Hathaway sing I Dreamed a Dream and then go backstage and everyone's like, you're so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say that the story feels so belabored. It's just, it like, right. It just kind of goes on and continues going on. Right. Then, when you really get into like the tea of the time that
1: this was in the French Revolution, it's not even like the time. It's like later on when like some like the first revolution like didn't go well or something. I, it's like boring. Like, I want to see like someone's head get chopped off. And that's not what, even what the musical is about. Well, I mean, Sweeney right? Todd. Right, that's why I like. That's why I would much rather watch <laughs> Sweeney Todd. See, I would w- much rather watch Sweeney Todd than watch a documentary of a cast doing Sweeney Todd. You know what I mean? But I'd right. say the opposite for Lemis. One more day to suffer for.
0: Where am I? <laughs> One more do 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 dan do Thank you. I feel like Les Mis might be a fun show to be in just because there's like moving parts. There's some oh, good yeah, songs okay. that, you know, the, the big set pieces, if you got the budget for that. Well, but
1: yeah. by Janet Jackson,
0: thank you. Um, and like, you know, the ensemble's always out here s- singing, you know, in full 2T <laughs> chorus coming da 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 da. Da. there, you know, just you have a bunch of it's very theatrical. It
1: is. But then I kind of feel like it's really long. Like Matt, Like, it's really long, and a lot of it is like, you know, two people on stage. And then you come out, and you wave your flag, and then you go backstage for another 25 minutes. It's like, who wants to do that? <laughs> That's what I think being in a production of Les Mis is like.
0: I think you're right. I've never been in one. I can't speak to it. Well then I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> um, let's come out of the post-French Revolution, whatever time period the that was. The late 18th century. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and into the present day <laughs> with a little moment for this world. Kenyon, you sent me this video earlier today.
1: <laughs> uh, what, did you, what did you
0: think my reaction was going to be to the video? I thought... I mean, to be honest, I thought you were going to laugh maybe more than you did. I'm, I'm
1: surprised. I really didn't laugh at all. And I wasn't even in like a bad mood, but it kind of put me in a bad
0: mood. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my.
1: I really didn't like it. Um, we're talking about this interview that Shaka Khan has done recently, I guess. Do we know who this interview was? We don't. It's
0: it's a clip that I saw on Twitter. That my okay. that, sorry that my brother <laughs> forwarded to me from Twitter. Twitter.
1: So it's an interview of Shaka Khan. I mean, we'll we'll link to it below if you want to go take a look. But in the interview, the guy is like, "Okay, now let's be real. Like, do you who would you want to collaborate with that you haven't collaborated with yet?" And Shaka Khan is like. No, like she's very not (laughs) like she's like no one. She I think she literally says no one. one. And the look on her face is like, I don't like she just is uninterested in that, which I think is fine. That is not what I take issue with. But then the guy's like, well, maybe I can maybe I can like bring up some people and then you can say if you'd like to work with them. And to which she's like, yeah, like maybe if you bring up some people and the first person he says is, well, what about Ariana Grande? And she says, "Oh, fuck her. I want it." And then she like goes on to say that like she doesn't want to like w- she doesn't want to like do any duets with other people. then she's like, she doesn't want to do any duets with women, which like, okay. <laughs> and then she's like, if you can you like you need to be able to sing that on your own, like you need to be able to do that on your own." And I kind of just am like, why is why are you saying these things?
0: <laughs> I approached it so much. I feel like just with less seriousness in my heart for for her right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Shaka Khan. She's saying something. Like, oh, what she got to say? And it was just kind of funny.
1: I think I would be fine with it if she didn't say fuck her about Ariana Grande so dismissively. And even if it wasn't like fuck her, I hate her, the fact that she was like, oh, fuck her, is just like, I don't know, it's like Don't say that. (laughs) That's not kind. And it's not about just being kind. I just was like, why did you? The thing that I texted you was like, Shaka Khan, are you like dunking on Ariana Grande? Like, yeah, obviously you've been around for a much longer time. Like, it's easy enough for you to be like, oh, like this is just someone whose career is so short, who has only come around within the past 10 years in her solo career I've been around for decades and decades like I don't have to like think about her well like I don't know I guess I get that but it's like you don't have to be like fuck her I just thought fuck her was really not necessary
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean we all know that that's not really in my personal lexicon but it does I don't know the way I interpreted it was that she that was like a a toss-off a brush off uh and eye roll. <laughs> but
1: that's what I don't like. It's like, and part of the, you know, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Jerome, you just stan Ariana Grande. But I feel like even if it had been like, who's someone that I don't particularly care about or care for? If it had been like Alessia Cara, you know? Like <laughs> if it had been some, <laughs> like someone that's like, Even if her reaction is genuinely like, why are you asking me about this person who just like feels totally unrelated to me and the music that I do and my career? Like, I think that's fine. Like, I'm not saying she has to be like, oh yes, I would be honored to work with Ariana Grande. But I just feel like she could have been like, oh no, I don't know. Like, at least when it comes to like talking about someone specific. I feel feel like like she even in the clip could have said exactly what she said without saying fuck <laughs> She could have been like, no, I, don't, I just don't want to, I am not interested in doing duets with other people because whatever.
0: I thought it was interesting the way that she took it then to like, I don't want to collaborate with any women. And that both like was like a kind of a like, oh, interesting take. But then also I'm, I have to contextualize that within like what is acceptable in the pop market and has historically been acceptable for female collabs. And she's right. It's always been like, you know, Brandy and Monica get together and are talking about a boy. And that's tired and old and over.
1: Well, I'll remind you from Joanne, famously Lady Gaga and Florence Welch. Hey, girl! Where <laughs> But I also... But she says something like, like, you need to be able to say it yourself or something that was like, that's not a, what? (laughs) Like, I would be more on board if she were like, you know, I feel like, like asking these women to team up means that, you know, they can't be successful on their own. Or like, it always turns into like an argument of, or it turns into a rivalry or it turns into like pitting them against each other. And I just am not interested in that. But that's not what she said. She was like, she was like I don't I ain't singing no song with no heifer. It just was like, why are you saying this?
0: (laughs) To which I responded with an outpouring of laughter.
1: (laughs) And I will note, I am a Shaka Khan stan. Like I live for Shaka Khan. I, of all of the people that I know, was ardently defending her performance of the national anthem, which everyone was trying to tear down at the NBA All-Star Game. Um, and uh, this was not for me. This was not for Then there's the other video, or the other part of the interview, when uh, the guy asks her, like did you see Gladys Knight and Patty LaBelle's verses? And she goes on to be like, oh, I'm not going to do verses. Like, that's such a gimmicky thing, blah, blah, blah. Which, again, is fine. Like, I'm not saying, like, Shaka Khan has to do verses. And I understand her being even more like, that is like putting things in rivalry with each other and like, I don't want to, I don't need to like play into that or like do something so gimmicky, whatever. But the eye roll when she's like, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle. Ugh. It's like,
0: what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just don't get it.
0: <laughs> I think I think she's just speaking a different language. I, I guess know. so. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is um, that she surely did clock in uh, somebody's four hundred ninety nine. Is that where she is? Yeah, okay. I don't know if they show up more than once. Um, I think they do. Work, honestly. Um, but Rufus and Shaka Khan... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, how dare before you. Before
1: we move on, I, j- I don't want to... <laughs> I feel a little bit like I've steamrolled your reaction to the Shaka Khan video, and I don't want it to just be me yelling at Shaka Khan. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary. No, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, anyway... <laughs>
0: I just, I just thought it was funny, especially because, because of some, it's somebody who's come around, who's been around for so long, yeah. and like the, I feel like pop culture, it feels so temporary, and to see, to see her kind of, just kind of brush, brush the Ariana thing off like, oh what? It was just like, oh you're living in like a different like time scale than I am living in. You're living in like another zone of of reality, and maybe that's not the zone of reality I need to be in, but it's funny.
1: (laughs) I just feel, it feels so different from, as we discussed with Noah last week, the beautiful gowns of it all. Absolutely. Like the beautiful, I would say that, that's what I would say about Aretha Franklin saying beautiful gowns, because she's like, you're asking me about Taylor Swift and I don't think about Taylor Swift. So, um, she wears beautiful gowns. Like I, that's something nice I can say about her. Um, Whereas this just didn't. I don't know. <laughs> it just feels mean. Why'd you say fuck her? Like if I ima- okay. Imagine someone had said <laughs> Imagine the interviewer had said, um, what about Kenyon Duncan? <laughs> and she had said, fuck him.
0: <laughs> I would have very nice. I would have cried. <laughs> Especially if it was Shaka Khan and she knew enough to know my name and also say that about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well.
1: <laughs> um, okay, bring us to our main topic for the day.
0: Yes, right before Jerome sure. so rudely gave me more space to share my own <laughs> thoughts, <laughs> I was going to say that um, You know, Shaka Khan, famous uh, collaborateur and part of Rufus, clocks in at number 499 on Rolling Stone's new 500 Best Albums of All Time list. Um, Wait,
1: before we go any further, can I ask a question? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Just the again.
0: interruptions.
1: Okay. So Rufus is the band. Work. Is there someone
0: in the band named Rufus? You're I don't I couldn't tell you.
1: Cause I feel like when I was growing up, I would always see Rufus and Shaka Khan. And I would think of it as like, you know, Ike and Tina Turner. Right, like, right. It's Rufus Khan. Shaka Khan. <laughs> 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 but I don't know if that's true. well
0: see, every time we say Rufus, any anytime anyone says Rufus, I actually think of iconic naked mole rat Rufus from Impossible. I
1: thought you were going to say Rufus Wainwright. (laughs) No, no, no. no. But that's not who you said. (laughs) Um, A a quick perusal, illuminates that there is
0: no one in the band
1: named Rufus. Amazing. Anyway, please continue. (laughs) I've interrupted you too, too many times today already.
0: Well, I think I said what I came to say, which is that uh, we're talking about Rolling Stone's new 500 best albums of all time list that they put out some weeks back, um, as a kind of you know critical, well, they say it's a critical update and revision, but we'll see about that. Um, to their previous listing of 500 different greatest albums of all times,
1: <laughs> so they did a list in 2003, um, and then they did another like. Not, like, a fully new list, but, like, a slightly revised list. Just sprinkle it in there. hmm Um, but now this is, like, a very new, revamped, there's, like, over 150 new albums that were not on the previous lists.
0: Did you, when, when looking at it, um, did you, like, what popped out to you? Just, like, upon, upon first, Glenn says.
1: Um... Well, can we start by going through the top 10? I love. Okay, so number 10, we've got Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Uh, number nine, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Number eight, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain. Number seven, Fleetwood Mac, Rumors. Number six, Nirvana, Nevermind. Number five, The Beatles, Abbey Road. Number four, C.V. Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Number three, Joni Mitchell, Blue. Number two, Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. And number one, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? I was surprised by the Beach Boys, actually. I was I was pleased to see Marvin Gaye at number one, even though I don't think I would, I wouldn't agree, but I think that that makes sense as a general cultural choice. Um, I was surprised to see the Beach Boys at number two, only because I think of the Beach Boys as like... You know, like very bubblegum almost like like the Beach Boys are in my mind, the Beach Boys are to rock and roll what like Katy Perry is to pop music. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's so like um now I can't think of a single friggin' Beach Boy song. Like, what do they do? Like, surfing USA? It's just like, you know, very like, we're smiling.
0: We're. You've got God Only like, Knows. Bopping back got, and forth. Oh, I love God
1: Only Knows. Yeah,
0: don't try. <laughs> Which is on this Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I actually was not surprised to see this maintain okay. its spot from the previous list, because it was also yeah. in the top 10 in the first list. Um, mostly because everyone, just everyone, when you press them, it feels like somebody like pulls up this album, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, as like a real like production inspiration for them. Real like this really broke some ground for me. This really changed the way I thought about how to go about making an album. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it feels like, you know, if you're going to get a list, you know, a group of, you know, producers and artists in a room, like this is just going to come up a bunch of times. Um, Maybe it's not, you know, like in the public's eye, you know, just carrying the torch. But I think it really was influential.
1: Well, that's so funny because I think that in my, and this might simply be my response or like my opinion, my ill-informed opinion, but I feel like the Beach Boys is like, I mean, like I said, it feels very bubblegum to me. This feels more like accessible than some of the, uh, you know, like often you'll see like a lot of Beatles albums on the list. And that seems like stuff that is less, you know, every, what am I trying to say that? Like, obviously the Beatles have their number one big hits, but like a lot of their albums became very experimental and very like strange, harsh sounds, which like the, the, the beach boys just does not jump out at me that way. Um, And I think that it's very interesting that, like, to and again, this truly may be my ill-informed opinion, but that I feel like the reason why this album was so influential is just because people liked listening to it, but that often, like, you know, other types of music don't get to get onto the list simply because people like listening to it. For instance, like... Overall, and I want to talk a little more in a bit about kind of like what categorically gets considered for lists like this. But like, you know, there's one Britney Spears album. There's one Lady Gaga album. There's, you know, in, in terms of like pop or stuff that like is really popular on the radio, like most of that, at least in the last like 20 years, isn't really on here. But I feel like the Beach Boys is the equivalent of that in, you know, in the 60s.
0: I mean, it's the issue with building a canon, right? Like, as you do it and you solidify something, like, it just becomes dated and old immediately and becomes a relic of the past. Kind of once, would you say, these things that have, that have happened before are the best things. Right. And the longer you hold on to that, the, the further away that time period gets. Um, and, I mean, Rolling Stones is just, I mean, that's just who they are, it seems they're really trying to be the the rock and roll torchbearers of the past and still trying to find some way to update themselves. And I think this was this new list was a way for them to try to do that cuz you know, we get a lot we get a lot more pop in this list than we do in the first list. Um and a lot more rap in this list than we do in the first list. Um the top 10 is no longer just The Beatles and Bob Dylan. Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, okay, finally, amazing. (laughs) A wider view of the world. And in the same way, it's like, you can't go too far from the first 500 or else you completely delegitimize the whole process of making a list like this. Which might actually have to happen. I feel like
1: things become more or less important as we move along. Right. Like what's going on. I think in the original list was like number seven or something. Um, I I don't know. Someone will fact check that. Um, (laughs) But I think that it makes sense that like, as you then are asking folks in 2020 versus asking them in 2003, that like, what's going on is going to become a lot more important that songs in the key of life is going to become a lot more important that the miseducation of Lauren Hill is going to become a lot more important, um, as we move through. And I think that that's okay. Like I, I think that the list only needs to be as definitive as it is in describing the people who are making the list at that time. Right. Um, and in that way, like if this is supposed to be a list of like, these are, this is, like, the stamp on the best albums that have... Like, this is the definitive list. Like, that just doesn't... First of all, that obviously doesn't make sense, because, like, think about all the great music that has happened between now and 2003. And, uh, you know, time continues to go on and people continue to make good music. Um, But also that, like, I think that... I don't know. It's kind of like in fashion how fashion is always like referencing 20 years ago which is then referencing 20 years ago which is then referencing 20 years ago so like it kind of just depends on like what (laughs) like decade you're like if you're in an even decade or in an odd decade where you are in that cycle exactly that we right now are like i guess this is 30 years ago but that we're referencing the 90s which is referencing like the 60s which is referencing the 30s I got i don't know but like that the 2000s was very referential to like the 80. Like I think that it cycles in that way. And I think that the the music that we find to be important also cycles in that way. And so I actually would have loved for this list to be perhaps even more different than, than the last one. And I think that that would make the last one legitimate for what it was and like make this one even more legitimate because it didn't feel beholden to like okay, we have to take the old list and now, like, add in the stuff that's new. Like, sometimes something gets added to the list that, like, just wasn't considered in 2003, you know?
0: Right, right. And, I mean, I honestly am much more on board with that than not. But then you can't call your list the 500 greatest albums of all time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, either it is or it isn't. Sure. And, uh, and then it's like, okay, the list making and the ranking of it all, like, does it matter like that, you know, that Rufus album comes in at four ninety nine dollars not and not, four, not $500? Yeah. Like, like, where in these things, what matters? I don't know. I honestly want
1: to know more about how they put it together. Um you sent me this article from... Uh, da, 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 it's in The New Yorker.
0: Yes. Uh, um, by Sheldon Pierce. Right.
1: Who was one of the voters. And he said that you get to pick 50... Out That everyone who voted gets to pick 50 albums. Um, and... Uh, but then, like, how you get from, like, these many, many, many voters 50 lists to the 500 list, I would love to know more. Because... Like, it seems from Sheldon, and I'd love to talk more about this article, but in particular, it seems from Sheldon that, like, he put one article on, and if he was the only one to put that, or he put one album on, and if he's the only one who put that album on, then that album's not making it. Um And so is there anything on the list that, like, only one person put on, but, like, was used to fill out the 500? Or was everything on the list put on by at least two people or five people, etc.? Like, I would love to know more about how it gets constructed?
0: Well, that's, I think, a really good question. Um, And one is just who gets to vote, right? Um, And they released the list of who got to vote this year, and you have different categories. There's the artist, songwriters, and producer category, um, which has a whole bunch of folks. Um, Some people that I was really surprised to see. Um, There's the industry category, um, which I guess is like label heads and things. The journalist category, you know critics and whatnot, and then <laughs> the most interesting category to me oh no the rolling stones staff
1: <laughs> well i feel i i don't know that this is true 100% but i feel like the one in 2003 was just the rolling stones <laughs> <laughs> well i mean part of it is that you know I I feel like when the list they first did the list in 2003 it was like yeah like this one publication like put together this one thing and that it then just was given a lot of weight because we give Rolling Stone a lot of weight because the music industry is has this love for the I, I don't know what the specific combination was that was like oh like this is so good. But I feel like if, I don't know, if like Vanity Fair were to put together a list of the 500 greatest novels of all time or something, I don't know that people would be like, Oh, like I'm remarking at this. Like, this is something that we can talk about, but I don't know that we would talk about it forever and ever as like, this is the list. And we have, we have to keep returning to why this list is something we have to talk about.
0: Well, I think Rolling Stone really carved out their niche back when yeah. you know back when media was less democratized than it is now I feel like it'd be akin to you know like Vogue putting out something regarding fashion and it's like, sure. th- like that's who you go to because that's their sure. brand they got really established around that that's, that's who we listen to yeah. um, but I mean do I really I'm not out here reading Rolling Stone all the time <laughs> do you <laughs> I don't know
1: No, I mean, not unless, I mean, I don't know. I will read, I don't, like, pick up the Rolling Stone to see what they have to say, you know what I mean? Like, if if there is something that catches the eye, then sure, I will take a look. but I'm not, I'm not reading for the articles, let's just say that.
0: Right. I just want to throw out some names to you and get (laughs) your reaction to the fact that they were in the voting body. Okay. Okay. Um, Beyonce, of course, amazing. Um, <laughs> Alessia Cara, you're kidding! <laughs> not
1: after I brought up Alessia Cara before. <laughs> All you had to do was stay. That goes off. That song does go off. So work, stay. And what's the other one that she did? That was really good. I couldn't be telling oh, Scar's you. Stars, beautiful was not that good. Anyway, stay was very fierce. So. She gets to, let's talk about this. She gets to stay on the list. Amazing.
0: Rufus Wainwright.
1: Famously not a part of Rufus, the band. Thank you. (laughs) Yebba. Yebba's a queen. I'm thrilled that Yebba is on the list. Who called her? Who was like, Yebba's got to be on the list? Because whoever that is, they deserve to be on the list too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was probably Rufus Wainwright. Um, (laughs) I mean, she hasn't even released her debut album yet and is voting for the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list, that seems somehow backwards to me, but also, she's incredible.
1: (laughs) No, it's right.
0: (laughs) Talent recognizes talent. Truly. Um, Slick Rick.
1: Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) But here's why I think that that's good. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. (laughs) No, I think that it's good because... Because I think that albums are good if people listen to them. And that's something that, that I wish there was more of reflected in this list. And Slick Rick is a person who made music that lots of people like to listen to. And so why shouldn't that be considered good music? Why shouldn't that be considered, like, you know, among the, the greatest music that has ever been made? You know.
0: Work. Okay, rounding out this list of artists and producers... Um, Lynn Manuel Miranda.
1: Honestly, I was shocked Hamilton wasn't on the list. That seems like something white people would do. <laughs> is put Hamilton the Hamiltons on? But honestly, like, make the argument for why it shouldn't be on the list. You know, I think that it should be on the list.
0: Carly Ray Jepson,
1: icon, icon, legend, star.
0: Nile Rodgers.
1: Uh, okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any particular feelings about that. <laughs> Not Rogers. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the very,
0: very last one. Uh, Miss Kesha.
1: Good for Kesha. I love that. The real question is, is, did they also invite Dr. Luke to be on the list? And the answer is probably yes.
0: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't want to look. I actually really don't want to look
1: at that. I think there's something really interesting about these types of lists in terms of, like, category, um, the categories that are considered viable. Um, And I was really thinking about this, not about Rolling Stone, but about Metacritic. No, not Metacritic, Pitchfork. Because when the um, Fiona Apple album came out earlier this year and was, like, the best-rated album on Pitchfork of all time, um, it made me, like... I was like, well, I wonder what else is on the list. Or, like, what else, like, has, you know, what are the top-rated albums on Pitchfork? And looking through that list, it's all, like, you know, old-school rock and roll, or it's, like, a specific type of, like, prestige rap, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, very Nas, Biggie, like, early Jay-Z, and not, like, you know drake or the baby or like anything right. recent but like prestige rap if that makes sense um like folk music very Joni mitchell um kind of like folk folk alternative rock like fiona apple or like kind of that niche but then like other stuff just doesn't get considered to being of that level like Notably, pop is kind of missing. Definitely, like, EDM, electronic music is missing. Um, Country music in general. I mean, external to, like, the specific, like, Joni Mitchell folk type of category. It just is interesting to me that, like, definitely, like, R&B. Definitely, like, music that is you know, the urban contemporary category, as in music that black people casually listen to. Um, It just doesn't make sense that, like, these... I just don't... I don't like the idea of, like, here is the music that, like, is good. Like, if you want to make good music, it has to be in one of these categories. And if not, then good riddance.
0: (laughs) I mean that sounds like a a reason to get rid of these lists. Um, well do you do you say do you
1: say reform the lists or abolish the lists?
0: Wow, 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 wow. I mean before I give that answer I have to say that we famously made a list on this very podcast. When for our songs of the summer.
1: Oh, oh, not of albums. Okay. Because I think the <laughs> album question is also a big question. Right. I
0: Absolutely. Question of format. We'll get there. But um, yes, please continue. So it's like, mm, I think lists are easy for our brains to <laughs> to pick up and know how to navigate. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, the best thing. You know, it's like, why do I need Yelp recommendations when I'm trying to go figure out where I'm going to dinner? It's because... Choice, the overload of choice. Why does Netflix now have the top 10 in the world, you know, what everyone's watching, so that people spend less time figuring out what to watch. Um, And I think that, like, kind of deprives people of their personal choice. I mean, they you know, we all give it up willingly because choosing things is sometimes hard. (laughs) But, you know, now that we have access to all the music in the world, that's actually not true. Even though streaming platforms, like, have a bunch of music that you can just listen to forever, um, some, like, really... It's really some small percentage of the music that has been, like, commercially released. Yeah. Um, But that's a sidebar. It's like, how how much time do I spend looking for new music, or how much do I let lists algorithms, give it to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that is, like, because who wants to spend time figuring out the music that's good without, like, you know, if I could say, here are 10 random albums that I have picked off of the internet versus, like, here are 10 albums that, like, are really well-reviewed then if I'm looking for the good music, I'm probably gonna go for the well-reviewed albums because I don't wanna spend time listening to stuff that is not good. (laughs) Like it just feels like a more efficient thing.
0: And I mean, that makes so much sense, but I hear I felt like part of what was in what you were saying before is that like good to who, and for why and for what. And then it's like, well, if we want everyone to make their own decisions about what's quote unquote good, then everyone actually has to like spend some time figuring out what they like instead of just listening to what people make them listen to on lists.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. At the same time, I feel like there's, there is something in the list in lists like this that is, you know, uh, that feels kind of antithetical to like the billboard hot 100 or the billboard hot 200 lists. Because, you know, again, on the 500 list, if I'm remembering correctly, there's like one Gaga album. There's one Taylor. There are two Taylor Swift albums. There's what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Uh, I think Red is 100 and 1989 is in like the upper 400s or something.
0: Um, wow. Both outrank. Britney
1: Spears album. There's what you say?
0: I was going to say both of those outrank born this way.
1: Yeah, what? <laughs> um, but, what? like, most of the stuff that has been released recently, with the exception of, like, what was on? Like, the Billie Eilish album was on there. Okay, that was a really- She cool. voted. She did vote. And I'm sure she threw herself in there. I actually don't know. She's kind of cool. <laughs> she may not have done that. Anyway. <laughs> and it's
0: uncool to promote yourself.
1: <laughs> um, Like- Very few, like, best-selling albums of the last whatever are on that list. 25 by Adele is not on the list. 21 is, but 25 is nowhere to be found. Um, And not... I, I, I just think that, like, stuff that sells well, like... I don't think that makes it automatically good, but I also don't think that makes it automatically bad, and that kind of feels like the the implication like I actually kind of am shocked that not shocked like I have come to anticipate this type of thing from this type of list but like why isn't like Katy Perry Teenage Dream on that list like those songs on Teenage Dream are some of the like most beloved like most replayed songs of like that decade and so it's like why you know what is the argument for that <laughs> there was some this is no hate, no shade at Van Morrison. But there was like some Van Morrison album that was on the list that was like, why is th- why is this <laughs> Van Morrison album number 70? And like this Katy Perry album is nowhere on the list. Because if we're looking at, oh, who have people listened to more of, I assure you that it's Katy Perry. Which, again, does not make it inherent, like, that isn't the only reason why it deserves to be on the list. But I do think that, like, there is something, you know, like, let the let the people enjoy, you know? Like, let the people look at the list and say, oh, yes, I, too, like this music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, then, I, this is the question I've been really wanting to ask. Oh, please. If you, you know, I mean, I hand you a ballot. There are 50 slots on there. Uh-huh. What is your thought process? What's your criteria? How do you go about filling your ballot to submit for this 500 greatest albums of all time list?
1: I think there's no way to do it without being um subjective. I think that trying explain. To, to get around I agree, but explain. <laughs> <laughs> I think trying to get around subjectivity is like uh, futile. <laughs> And so I, I don't know. I do fit. And maybe it is just because, I don't know. I'm not saying that the music is bad. Surely there's a lot of people who listen to all this music that is like way up at the top of the list. But like, I'm not putting like, I'm not putting Van Morrison as I just called out or like (laughs) the Beatles or Bob Dylan on my list just because I don't listen to those people. I do think that, I do think that sometimes people will put things on the list because like our culture, the culture of the music industry, like has established that there are things that like are good, that like ought to be in, that we ought to all regard as the best albums of whatever. But like, I don't know that, that, I don't know who that serves. I'm sure there are tons of people, of course, I'm, I'm not trying to dispute that there are tons of people who like listen to all of this music and really love it. I just don't know if those people are like, I don't know if this is like truly the like majority of like people who listen to music. If that makes
0: sense. So so you're, you would try to, to you're looking at this list as a way to kind of like be representative.
1: Right. And I, I suspect that a lot of people who vote on the list maybe are less doing it to represent themselves and more trying to anticipate, okay, if I were to make, if I'm trying to anticipate what the 500 greatest albums list is going to look like, well, here are the lists, here are the albums that are going to be on it. And I could do that too. And it would have a lot of, you know... I probably would put that Fiona Apple album in there, even though it didn't actually make the list. I would probably put a lot of Beatles and and Bob Dylan because that's, you know, what has been established as, like, the industry standard of, like, these are the best albums of all time. For me personally, I would put, like, three or four Beyoncé albums in there. Like, Born This Way would be in the top ten. Um, like, that new Dua Lipa album would be in there. Like, I would do the stuff that, for me, is the, like, stuff that has really shaped me as an artist, which would also include, you know, songs in the key of life would be in there, too. Like, it, that's not just to say, oh, it all would have come out <laughs> in the last 10 years. Um, right, right. But, I don't know. I do think that that sometimes, and maybe this just is because I am not, in the center of the bell curve of like w- the music that like everyone who listens to music listens to, or everyone in America who listens to music listens to. Um, but I just always look at these lists and I'm like, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> I I just
1: you know, who's looking at the list and is like, Oh yeah. Like this is my heavy rotation.
0: <laughs> no one.
1: That's my thing. It's no like, one that you know, I know. That's the point.
0: Literally, no one that I know. I mean, I think that I have no idea what Rolling Stone is really up to with these lists, other than it's a great way to keep their name in people's mouths. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, da 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 da, da got onto Rolling Stone's top 500. Sure. It's like, you know, it's like, how does the Oscars become like, why do we care about the Oscars? Well, because of marketing. Like, there I could why don't I just make my own award show right now? We release our own list of top albums of the summer. How come not everyone's listening, you know, and and claiming that as like, oh, I got got on, got that, on that list? list. <laughs> it's like it's branding, it's marketing, and it's you know, Rolling Stone was already the place that people were looking. Yeah. Um you you were talking about the kind of like gaming aspect that I feel like must come up. Yeah. Um You know, if you get a ballot like that and you're like anticipating what everyone else is going to put on. I mean, even our girl Sheldon from this New Yorker article. (laughs) I didn't vote for any Beatles albums because I assumed their contingent had them well covered. Um, Let's be clear. Sheldon Pierce from this little caricature that the New Yorker did of him (laughs) is a black person. Um, So we all know who they are and what he meant by their contingent. (laughs) The whiteys. (laughs) (laughs) and like same like I would be like okay I don't have to worry about all these things because like I'm sure somebody else has that covered let me let me kind of as you're saying like talk about the music that I love yeah but no one asked me which is why I feel like talking about who actually got to be on the ballot list is maybe even more important than like who got to do the voting is maybe more important than what the voting revealed
1: Well, I would agree insofar as it only reveals what... It it only reveals about the people who voted. You're right. And if I, you know, am looking for, like, the best-selling albums of all time, that's a different list. That's just a, you know, that's just a different thing. Um, Maybe I wish there were, like... Well, I think that this gets, like... I kind of am trying to get after something that like is definitive i guess everyone's trying to get after something that is definitive and that as i already said is futile like we just aren't gonna get like the absolute 500 best albums of all time that everyone (laughs) will agree with like that's not gonna happen and that's part of the fun you know like that's part of like you know if they had asked me to vote i'd be like ooh, yay like yes let's do it i'll vote like i'll figure it like let me figure out what i want to put in right um you know so it's I don't even want to, like, get on it in that way because I do think that, like, it is fun, it sparks a conversation, whatever. I w- honestly w- want to see them do it more. Like, I w- I want to see them make more lists that feel less definitive and feel more like, here's what happens. Almost like um the Time 100 list. That, like, each year the Time 100 list is, you know, I don't know who... whether it's just folks at Time or, what you know, I don't know. But, like, getting to see, like, oh, like, here's who made it this year, and, like, here are the people who are are writing the articles about them. Like, seeing, you know, this year, Megan Thee Stallion was included, which is iconic, and the, the article is written by Taraji P. Henson. Like, that's great. And I wish that that were the energy that, like, this type of list had. I wish that it felt... Like, the Time 100 list isn't, like, these are the 100 people who, like are the most important people of all time because they know that that's just not the tea. But it's saying, okay, like, you know, asking around at some powerful, influential, important, iconic people and figuring out, like, who they are really looking to, I would love to see a list that was like, you know, we we asked these 500 artists and producers and critics and journalists, like, what they're really looking to or listening to or whatever this year and here's what we got and then like three years from now it like looks really different but i don't know maybe it just wouldn't look different maybe like i also don't want to see a list every three years and like it just always is you know the beatles it always is the same albums over and over again it always is illmatic and songs in the key of life and purple rain to name some stuff that i like seeing on the list you know
0: right I mean I think that's just because of the way we think about music too as like when you said that the list is going to be subjective I'm of course on board with that but I don't think we'd like talk about music subjectively we like culturally we like love talking about music and a lot of art in general I think music especially as like this is good right like this is the this is good and we know it for sure, and objectively so. Yeah. Um. And I think a lot of that has to do with the industry. Like, yeah. you know, it's like th- the music that I get to listen to is so influenced by what's playing on the radio in the coffee shop, what's playing on the radio in my car, what makes it onto the Spotify Top 100, what makes it into my Spotify algorithm, what's playing at a... Par- like, it's like music is so... Social, but also so controlled by uh, like basically random people and their marketing interests yeah. that make it feel like, you know, we've got the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and like everything else, you might be, a, you know, a, a random indie producer on Bandcamp making some amazing stuff. Um, like, oh my gosh, what was that album you showed me by your friend from high school? Oh my God, Ivan's album. Amazing. Shout out to Ivan. I'll put the link Never in the description. Never met you. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing. <laughs> ST, My
1: Clothes. That's a great album. Like,
0: I, like... And I references like he- <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but it's like, that kind of means more to me than stuff that I, you know, like, but, you know, heard on... Uh, because it was playing on the radio. Like, the the fact that you showed me this album by a certain person that you know who you liked is, like, that's part of why I like that music. Yeah. And it plays into that, I don't know. You know, it would even be,
1: this is even more like, you know, the Time 100, but, like, I would be even more interested in if they had asked each of those people, you know, Beyonce and Billie Eilish and Yeba and whoever, to be like, give us 10 of your favorite albums of all time. That is something I would eat up. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is very interesting to me. Um, It it also is making me think about um the album itself, that this is kind of like something that, it, you know, just not all music is about the album. Not all music is about making an album, and not all music is about, you know, fitting into the album construction. And so, like, you know, when I talk about, oh, the music that like seems to categorically get left out something like you know EDM is in is probably not going to end up on a best albums list because EDM often does not live on the album like right. the, the way I, I'm just and you know maybe not all EDM is this way of course but that like I'm thinking about like oh when I hear EDM like I want to like be dancing on the floor of a club for 40 minutes straight without interruption. That's not really, that doesn't devote itself well to albums.
0: <laughs> right. And like classical music is missing from sure. this list. By and large, because most classical musicians musicians don't, they're for live performance. Like, yeah. they do make albums. A bunch of people make albums, but it's like, if you want the good stuff, you go see them live. Right. Um, Any jazz so, that
1: isn't, you know, bitches brew and <laughs>
0: kind of blue. <laughs> and kind of yeah. blue,
1: like, is yeah. not, it's just not there. Uh, great
0: albums, by the way. Great albums. <laughs> Beautiful um, albums. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what do you think? Do you think someone's gonna make, like, a, you know, 500 greatest playlists of all time? Well, like, I
1: mean, fi- as you talk about
0: the the form is changing, right?
1: Right. 500 greatest albums. I think is easier than 500 Greatest Songs, right? I don't know. Well, I feel like it's easier to come out of it being like, here's an album that everyone loves versus like, here's a song that everyone loves. What song is that going to be? Let It Be? Like, I just don't know like, (laughs) you know, what... Or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's what's going on. (laughs) That'd be cool. (laughs) But like, you know, I don't... It feels like a much harder project, but it feels like... You know, that to me, I can't imagine a, f- a 500 best songs list that still does not have any Katy Perry on it, which maybe you don't agree with. But like a gr- a 500 greatest songs list that like doesn't have at least one song off of like Teenage Dream. I'm like, I don't buy it. And at the same time, I don't think that anything by Miles Davis gets on. Because I think that that's something that like is better consumed in an album but, like, mm, if we're talking mm. about, like, oh, you turn on this song and it, like, is amazing, I mean, it, there are just some pop songs that, like, you know, they think about pop song. Think about even me even saying the words pop song. It's like, right, yeah, right. like, the pop song. Like, it exists in the song and that's right. what I want to hear.
0: <laughs> the single, the idea of the single.
1: Yeah. Like, how, um, how does, you know, Baby One More Time not get onto that list? Because it's just, like this is right. (laughs) Like, it just is right. (laughs) It just works extremely well. It works extremely well. Because it's designed to. It's not designed to, like, work really, be really moving in the context of an album. It's designed to, like, come on the radio and you want to hear it over and over and over again.
0: Going the other way, it's like, who's, you know, what about, like, 500 Greatest Musical artists of all time, mm. or even you know one step bigger, like musical scenes, Ooh. like like you know people talk about the Motown sound, or TSOP, the sound of Philadelphia, or you know West Coast rap, or you know they're like yeah you got you got scenes, um yeah. and like I feel like at every level, the the list will look so different,
1: but uh, absolutely the list is going to look so different. But I feel like as you blow, I mean this just is going to be true for all of it but the criteria just are so different like if you were to say if you were to compare like motown to like british invasion rock and roll it's like huh <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> like these are right and then compare that to like new york rap in the 90s it's like what what the hell <laughs> what am i supposed to right. do with all of this <laughs>
0: I mean, then the question seems to be like, well, then how come comparing the five hundred greatest of all albums of all time isn't similarly like does this even make sense?
1: Well <laughs> maybe it just is the sweet spot. maybe it is like specific enough without being like so ridiculously specific that it like becomes impossible for anyone to be happy with it like I feel like songs, whatever number one song gets picked only it's only going to like be amenable to a very small population of people um whatever like scene gets picked it's like you know well of course they're going to pick late 60s alt rock because like that's what rolling stone is you know like that's right. the rockism of it all um but i feel like albums gets to be in this sweet spot of like Yeah, well, you know, you can appreciate good music and like the construction of a lot of songs together. And like maybe you don't like the genre itself, but like you have to admit that, you know, within this construction, (laughs) they really, you know, whatever, you know.
0: Yeah. I kind of just don't buy it. I mean, it's flawed, but I think
1: it's the, I think (laughs) it is the, you know, the only one that is, that can fly.
0: At least right now. At least right now. Let's give it another, you know, 17 years and let's <laughs> see what the list is that they come out with then.
1: I would love to see it. I would love to see some Dua Lipa on there. Um, let's wrap this up. I have a bit of a binary for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's between two very beloved artists. Wow. The binary is Beatles. Or Bob Dylan. <laughs> you have to
0: pick. Wow! 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 Um, I know these are your faves. Like you
1: stand the house. Down. I know. I
0: have such deep knowledge of these artists. It's <laughs> really hard to even compare, just with the amount of just the sheer volume of things I know.
1: Right. 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 Right.
0: Ooh. Um. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind. It's going to be Bob Dylan. Work. Um. He's really giving you lyric, songwriting. He's really giving you, he's giving me, from the heart, Beatles are giving me, like, popular, pop sensation-y, influential, but, like, less, I don't know. There's something about it that just feels less craft-oriented than than <laughs> Bob Dylan. You know, stand alone, <laughs> sitting, sitting at his piano.
1: I cannot with you. Kenyon, um, <laughs> can, can you name three Bob Dylan songs?
0: Don't do that to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I am going with the Beatles. What? I know, it's shocking. But I just, I I simply don't know enough about Bob Dylan to, in my right mind, choose Bob Dylan. Also, Drive My Car is a great song. Baby, you can drive my car. Yes, I'm gonna be a star. We all know that my thing with the Beatles is that I love a handful of their songs. (laughs) <laughs> including but not limited to, drive my car in my life. Uh,
0: yeah, Eleanor Rigby is a great song. <laughs> wow, Miss Eleanor. Actually, it's a great, it's a really great song. Wow. That's what I said. Okay, I have a binary for you, um, and it's mm-hmm. on the album level. Um, clocking in at number one, you know, it's Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." Um, but clocking at number ten uh, is Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill.
1: That is a good one. I have to go with Lauryn Hill. I've listened to that Lauryn Hill album far more than I've listened to what's going on. I'll be, I will be honest and admit that, you know, beyond kind of the, the big popular tracks on what's going on, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not the most familiar, but Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, um, I mean, what can you say?
0: That thing, Uh, that thing,
1: okay? That thing, um, (laughs) uh, that cover of uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. X-Factor? And X-Factor, I think, just is one of the greatest songs of all time. Like, I can't listen to X-Factor and not just weep. So, Mm.
0: there. (laughs) I'm for sure going with what's going on. I knew you would. Do you like that song? No, well, I mean, like you know, kind of sometimes I can't. Oh my God, can this, this is game. our first <laughs> a- episode after the
1: Father Father challenge has gone viral <laughs> on Instagram.
0: I have nothing to say about that, what except you- for that I I love everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, and she stays humble even after after viral fame.
0: We should put it on TikTok. Oh my gosh! I just we should just put Shamela's on TikTok. You're because,
1: right. I, I, I mean, right.
0: did you sh- save it? I haven't recorded it on my phone. <laughs> I saved it. Good, <laughs> <laughs> Shamil. If you by any chance are listening to this, know that I am your biggest fan.
1: Okay, yeah, it's true. It's true. I just am. It's true. Kenyon, I'll see you next time. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think I, I think we can work something out. For sure, you always say that, and you're always you're always trying to tie me down, drum. I just want to be free. Uh, You can't pin me down. You can't pin me
1: down.
0: (laughs) You're having delusions of grandeur. (laughs) Uh, I thought that you're just gonna keep going on
1: forever and ever. Can't go
0: on forever. Well. Well, then how about I just see you next time? Does that sound good? Uh, I can check my calendar. Uh, no, I have it shared. Yeah, you're free. Next I mean, week, same time. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to end. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campermore, and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at Uh, gmail.com. That was like a little over an hour. That's great, absolutely. And, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to cut out. (laughs) You always say that,
1: and I never cut any of it out. Uh, Discussions
0: for another time. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, bye. Bye.